The matchups, the superstars, the games. Starting defense, place at the table. Wow! This is Football Sunday on the Fan, a comprehensive look at today's National Football League action with your hosts, Mike Lynch and Rashad Taylor. You all know what you have to do. Remember, no one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. Happy Sunday morning, everybody. It is Football Sunday. It is the third from last Football Sunday, which is a little depressing, right? There's three more of these? I thought there was only one more. Well, this is one. Next week is two. And then uh, Super Bowl week is three. We're going to talk about the Pro Bowl next week? I'm not going to talk about the Pro Bowl, but the show still exists. Oh, okay. We can preview the Super Bowl a little bit. We can talk NFL storylines. Is that the most annoying two weeks? Of, I mean, and mind you, no, listen, because <laughs> yes. you work and you you are here every day. Yes. You know, you're a Monday through Friday guy. So once we get to this week is the la- officially the last week that we'll be able to talk about, you know, multiple characters, you know, in the story. Yes. You know, as far as head coaches and owners, whatever, from four different teams. And then for the next two weeks, it's going to be all Rams or all 49ers or all you know, Bengals or or Chiefs for the next two weeks, especially in the one of the first things I learned when we, you know, when I started working here is I think it was you that told me is like, man, we have to we have to play the hits. Right. So that's not me. That's from the boss. I mean, I may have said it. Yeah, I think, you know, I think you said you said it to me and I was kind of like, huh. You know, and you know who else said that to me? Uh, uh, Blazers play by play guy, Travis Demers Mm -hmm. was also like, man, you know, you got to play the hits. And football is the hits. It's the number one show, like, almost every night on television. You know, no matter, you know, Monday night, Thursday night, and no matter how bad Thursday night games are, and there have been some bad Thursday night games. They're much better this year, but there have been some bad Thursday night games. And no matter how bad it is, it's still number one uh, as far as viewership, you know, every week. But then you get I think if you look at, like, the top TV programs of the year, the NFL is like eight of the top yeah, like, ten. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. crazy. You yeah. know, that's crazy between, you know, Monday night, Thursday night, and then don't let them have a Saturday game after the after the college season has ended or something like that. Like those those oh, ratings are through the roof. So, yep. but for the next couple of weeks, man, you have to do nothing but talk about those teams and those angles and everything. And it gets annoying to watch. So I know if you're here every week or every you know every day. It has to be annoying. Uh, I don't know. I mean, Isaac and Suke do a good job of keeping it fresh. I think so. It, Hasn't been too bad. Has has uh, next week's going to be the worst week. The Pro Bowl week is awful. It is the worst. I, I it's not even just like an inside baseball thing for sports radio or sports media. I think as a fan, it sucks. It's the worst All Star game in sports. Nobody wants to watch the Pro Bowl. No, it's it's a half ass played game by not even the best players because most of them aren't playing in the Pro Bowl. They're like, yeah, I'm good, and it gives you the dead week between the Super Bowl and the championship week. Each weekend for the last three weeks, it's been this like never ending train of football, good, important football. Now, wildcard week had some bad games, a lot of bad games. Last week was the greatest weekend of football in at least recent and at least recent memory ever, maybe ever. 
I mean, I, I tried to be careful because it's easy to with hyper hyperbole to be like, that was the greatest game ever. I mean, no, greatest game, but you just said games. Greatest weekend. Of that, like, I mean, like, I don't all know four if of them were walk off wins. Yeah, I don't know if it got any better than that. Week. Three of them game winning field goals. The other, the game winning touchdown from the Chiefs in overtime in the final game. It's like each game got better too. It was like, yeah. how are you going to top the Bucks almost coming back from down twenty seven to three again? Oh. Let's give us Bills Chiefs where they're going to score 24 points in, in a like minute and a half seconds. Yeah. yeah, like that's and the Chiefs know. are going to tie the game when they get the ball to 20 with 13 seconds. Holy cow. So, yeah, so I, I for me, but it, the, the next next week kills all that momentum. It's like hopefully the games are good today and we'll get to them during the show. You know, they might not be because sometimes this week it's the final like pretenders get out of the way like the best two teams are here. Um, but if we get good games this week, next week's going to feel even worse. It's just going to be like. You know why? What are we doing? You know why I think the Pro Bowl sucks so much more now is when they moved it the week prior to the Super Bowl as as opposed to the week after. I think when they had it the week after, it was at least kind of still fun to, to see the stars were playing and the guys that played in the Super Bowl, you know, were going to be able to play. And in most cases, you're talking about the best teams. So you're probably talking about multiple Pro Bowlers from each team being able to play in that game. And that hasn't happened. And that was kind of like a, a cool little thing to see all your favorite players at the end of the season same jersey and everything like that. It's always been kind of a half-assed game, but at least when you had some stars out there, it at least made me want to, you know, log in, like, or, you know, to watch. I don't know if I want to watch um, Kirk Cousins, you know, be the, the starting quarterback for the NFC. Yeah, you know, cool, but, you know, I don't want to watch a lot of the the guys that didn't really make it as far in the playoffs play. It's just not that cool of a game. Then again, half-assed football, there's nothing worse. We thought the NBA All-Star game was bad because they don't play defense. Just imagine everybody on the field not wanting to get hurt at any point. So there's no real tackling. They're, you know, they're just trying to push each other down. They're falling. Like people are making it's making sure that they're not getting hurt. That's well, not it's, it's a bad product. I, yeah. I I think as a kid, when I was first a football fan, I watched it a couple years in a row because, you know, you're like 10 years old and you're like, oh, they're in Hawaii. And they're playing like it's the best players. That was another cool part. The, yeah, now it's skills in Vegas. challenge and stuff like that in between there. It's like okay, that's fun, you know. So, so the moral of the story is enjoy today, because next weekend's gonna suck. <laughs> so enjoy today. Hope hope you get some good games. And uh, and you know it's it's funny we we look forward to football season so much, and it gets here, and we love every second of it, and then it's over and it is in a. In a in a flash it's like already football season's over that monday after super bowl is like one of the most depressing days of the year you know and it doesn't help that the blazers suck this year oh they're so, so there's bad. nothing to really like there's no natural transition from football into something and it also sucks that we don't have another you know professional team you know and i think if there were if if we had the baseball team here which considering the way portland looks now i Seems less likely happen, that that's happening, you know, yeah. anymore. So if, but if that happened, it'd be a little bit easier to be even here. Even if your team is bad, right? Even if the baseball team is bad, I think it, at this point it would be so new to where nobody would give a damn. Well, and also, hope springs eternal in baseball more than most other sports. It's a long season, so a lot of things can happen. So the before the year, I mean, you never know. You never know if your team's gonna gonna pop and be good. So there's a little excitement that that builds. I, I think there's more so that in, in baseball a lot of in, a lot of times. I don't know, and I could be wrong. Like, sometimes you see teams coming. They've been building for a year. They've been getting guys from farm systems. Like, oh, they're going to be good in three years. Football, 
you might have sucked one year, and then the next year you're in the AFC Championship. Like, we've seen it. Uh, Jacksonville Hello, Jaguars. You know, there you go. <laughs> Bengals, Jacksonville Jaguars. Like, you're, you suck one minute, and the next year competing for an opportunity to go to the Super yeah. Bowl. You know, and so. So I think, I think if that were the case, it would, you're right, that would help a little bit because you'd go right into, like, hope for the like, baseball no, team. No, yeah. I mean, at least for me personally right now, so the Blazers are tanking and should be. And, you know, Simons has been fun to watch, and they've had some close games. I mean, they keep winning, which is stupid. But, um, you know, but it's not it's not a great product to watch right now, the Blazers. My hockey team, the Devils, are dreadful this year. They started off pretty well, and they've completely collapsed. Syracuse basketball is the worst it's ever been since I've been rooting for them. I got nothing. Oh, and baseball's in a lockout. So once the Super Bowl ends, it's like, I know March Madness is coming, and regardless of my team, being in it or not, March Madness is always fun to keep an eye on, fill out a bracket, all that kind of stuff. And and that'll be, you know, mid-March at that point. So we'll have a month and a half until there. But other than that, like, it's just sports death. But I want to get hyped for the Yankees, but I don't even know if they're going to play. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to be hyped for the Blazers. I, I think Anthony Simons has made a lot of Blazer fans kind of have a reason to smile, at least a little bit. You know, I think I think – you know, not to go basketball now, but as far as just feeling good about one sport ending, because the Pats weren't great this year, but it was fun to watch them compete. It was fun for people to talk about how great the defense was. And I really liked and watching them like lose that. the Bills. I think a lot of people enjoyed. <laughs> I think people for a, a long time, for the, like the next five or six years, are really going to enjoy New England losing uh, the way that they lose, just because for years it was nothing but them, you know, eating cake for dinner every night. You know, and so now all of a sudden there's no more cake and it's it's gonna it's gonna suck for a little bit. But as far as the Blazer situation with man Simons, that's a that's one reason to say, okay, this is this is good. You know, we we're 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 going somewhere Here, with them. Here's one thing to give Neil O'Shea credit for, and most things he doesn't deserve it, is he was really good at finding talent in the draft in the late first, early second. Ant Simons and Nasir Little were both late first round picks. Simons was at IMG Academy. Nasir Little had like barely played because of injuries, and look at them now. Yeah, They're here. That's I, and I think that's your future right there. It, those uh, two guys. It, but it also what it does. I guess just a little Blazers talk because I know I know you're interested in in the Simon stuff too. Um, it gives you more options to do things as well. Simons values through the roof. Now you probably want to keep him. He's a restricted free agent. You can match any offer this year, but. You could also trade him if you get a superstar in, in return in, in some sort of a package. I know you, a lot of Blazer fans don't want to hear that, but if you keep him and get rid of CJ, you still have both six foot three guards, and that's a that's a scary proposition for a lot of fans. So it just opens up a lot more options, which is I, nice. And my thing and is, the like, trade deadlines in two weeks. I think we keep talking about CJ, and the thing is, like nothing's going to happen right now. You know, I don't think anything's going to happen. But well, he's been I'm tied not, to New Orleans. I'm not. I'm not a. You know, at this point, I'm. Pretty, I think Dame is the one that should go. Honestly, oh, you're one I of think, those fans. No, now. I mean, no, it, it's it just makes sense. Like it always comes, and especially for Blazers, like we've seen it. We saw Lamarcus Aldridge be the best player on the Blazers for seven years, right? And 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 for four of those years, it was one of those things. No, Lamarcus is the best power forward in the league. That it was. I don't think it was really a debate at a time with Blake Griffin and Chris Bosh and all those guys were doing work. We said Lamarcus is the guy. You know, so he was clearly the best player on the team when Dame got there. And then it came to a point where you saw him, and now this Dame kid is special, you know? And so that's the way we have to move. And he was younger. LaMarcus is going into year 11 or year 10 or something like that. Man, yeah, we got to go this way. 
now we're in the same situation as Blazer fans. Like, here's Dame, and he's clearly getting, you know, he's getting a little bit older. Little injuries are starting to catch up to where he's not just going to play through it. Now he's going to miss some time and things like that. Like, you know, he's good. But now we're looking at this ant kid. It's like, hey, man, he can get up. He can dunk. He can shoot. He can defend a little. Hey, man, like, this might be the way we need to go and move on from there. Maybe get some value for him in between there. Marcus Lake gave the Blazers no opportunity uh, to get value for him. I'll he say said, this. They've said they're not trading Dame. They're not going to trade Dame. That's but cool. what what it is is another option. How much more can you get for Dame than you can get for CJ? Well, of course. But it's not a you know, it's I don't think it's about that. But that, that is another option, yes. If Simons does if they view him in that way, then sure. It does open that door a little bit wider, although I doubt that they will step I'm, through it. I'm, the the nice thing about this is that there is a little bit of excitement around this team. They're not playing very well. You know, they they beat the Rockets the other day. Ho oh, hum. Um, but the trade deadline coming up means we're going to see changes. And this offseason, I think there's going to be a lot of changes. And I think that's exciting. Does it work? Who knows? But the change is exciting nonetheless. I, th- I think those changes come. I think sometimes you can see them. I remember when West Mat when I knew about West Matthews was gone. When I saw CJ kill for like the last five games of the season, I was like, oh, okay. There's no reason. There's no reason to keep West Matthews. Like CJ's coming to come off the bench and average twenty and never looked back. You know what I mean? And I think that that ends up happening with a lot of guys. I think Simon's we've seen put him in the lineup as the starter. He's gonna get buckets and uh, fill the stat sheet for you. Like it's not something we saw Dane do early in his career, especially like year three, year four. We yeah, it seen, is. I'm saying I'm saying like seven assists, five, six rebounds. That's not something Dame has really done. He's gonna score a bunch because that's what he does. But just saying. Love Dane. Let's uh, let's get to some football. Football. We got a lot of football to get to. I want to try to save the previews for the games until the second hour. We may break into it a little bit early in this first hour. But where I want to begin is with the Tom Brady news, non news, news, non news, news, non news, news. I mean, sure, non news. Who knows? Who knows what's ha- what's happening? Except everybody seems to know what's happening, but everyone's got different answers. So. Is Tom Brady retiring? What do we know? And, no. wow, what a decision if it's true. We'll get to that next. This is Football Sunday. Text us, 503-250-1080 on 1080 The Fan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. I couldn't find the open for a hot second. Joe is out today, by the way. Happy birthday, Joe Fisher. Happy birthday, bro. 30 now, I believe. The yes. big 3-0. 30, 30. Well, welcome to your 30s, sir. Sure, welcome to I'm your sure, 30s. I'm sure Joe is sleeping. Probably. Yeah. Why would he be awake right now if he doesn't have to be here? No, absolutely. No. Joe's Joe's KO'd at this point. And you know what? He deserves it. Good dude. Good dad. You know, so have your, have your fun today, Joe. Yes. Enjoy your birthday. Welcome to the 30s. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. <laughs> at least in terms of your body. Have you, I, I'm, you're, you're what, 36 now? Uh, I'm 38. You're 38 now. Yes, sir. Holy cow. I know. Um, so you're 38 now and I'm 32. I've just noticed in the last year and a half, my body ain't functioning like it was. No, it's different. Like I, I work out and my body doesn't recover as quickly. I'll wake up the next morning after like two straight days of working out. And it's like, I hate you. Now you got to take vitamins and stuff like I, that. I have started, started taking add, vitamins, some multivitamins yep. just to kind of make sure things are working. I'm a correctly. child because I take the vitamin gummies. It's like, yeah, it's like, well, I mean, they're, they're tasty. Like vitamin, right? regular vitamins. What's that? I don't know what that taste is or what that it's chalk, you know? Well, yeah. Do you remember? I don't know if you took Flintstone vitamins as a kid and that smell, like when you open it like that raunch kind of 
fluoride. That's smell. memories right there, oh, Rashad. My gosh, I hate it. <laughs> I, and it just always kind of made me like, ugh, I don't want to take this vitamin. Plug in my nose and stuff like that. We used to take this. I don't know if in elementary school, we were like, uh, you know, kind of crash test dummies. So we used to take fluoride. Did you guys used to take that in elementary school? Not in elementary school. I mean, we took it. Like I took at it home. at the dentist. Yeah, no. So I actually was day, allergic to it. I actually vomited from oh, having it. Well, they didn't care about any of that. They didn't look at anybody's medical chart to see what their allergies were. But everybody used to take this little pink pill, right? And a little pink and chew it up. And people, some people loved it and thought it was like sweet tarts. I was like, this is gross, man. Every Every day they made us take fluoride you know in the morning i guess it was a big push to get kids teeth well i think also it depends like where i grew up the the tap water had fluoride in it i think in at least a small percentage so we didn't need to have any extra because if you just like had water from the tap you were you were getting some fluoride so i think if you like had water that didn't have it they had to give it to the kids especially you know making sure if parents weren't having you brush your teeth or anything like that so yeah it was the worst i I hate i'd never i never ate it I never, you know, I would take it. I would put it in my pocket. Then they would check under your tongue and stuff like that. The teacher would check under your tongue, make sure you took it. It was the worst. It was the worst. I'm just picturing the SpongeBob episode where he keeps the pickles under his tongue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's what it was like. You just had, I, like, I, pink pills under I, there? I would have preferred the pickles. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, the the floor, I was awful. Hated it. Mm, this is good, but once again, it doesn't have any pickles. Yeah. All right. You want to get to Tom Brady? I mean. Here's the Here's the story. Tom Brady, according to Adam Schefter and other big NFL reporters that you normally would trust, is retiring. Now, social media announced this yesterday. I forget what time you texted me, 1230 or something like that is when we saw it around noon. And then an hour later, I looked at my phone and I had four more Bleacher Report notifications. And it was like, Tom Brady says he's not retiring. And I'm like, what? And then it's like, Tom Brady's dad says he's not retiring and the Bucks have said they haven't heard anything. So it was a huge day of, like, misreporting, mm-hmm. or at the very least, the story wasn't supposed to leak when it did. And I think the way I view this, and, and one of the articles I read said this, is that Tom Brady doesn't want to upstage the rest of the playoffs. So he wants to announce his retirement probably the week after the Super Bowl, if he is retiring. And this news story coming out yesterday is, well, in some ways upstaging the playoffs, right? Tom Brady is retiring the day before the conference championship week, the same week he just got eliminated from the playoffs. You know, it's it's a news story that's even bigger than the games in a lot of ways for a lot of people. And I think he probably just wants to wait. And this is the quote from his agent, Don Yee. I understand the advanced speculation about Tom's future without getting into the accuracy or inaccuracy of what's being reported. Tom will be the only person to express his plans with complete accuracy. He knows the realities of the football business and planning calendar as well as anybody. So that should be soon. To me, that screams, yeah, you guys are right, but you kind of jumped the gun. We wanted to wait until after the Super Bowl to announce it. So it sounds like Tom Brady retiring. After 22 years, at the age of 90. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I'm trying to figure out why. I'm not saying it's so much of a of a story as far as you know, dude's 45. Like you know, it's it'll be 45 later this month, I think it is, or later. Uh, he's year. 90 for sure. Yeah, so he may as well be in football years. You know, it's like dog years. You know, there's 
a such a such thing as putting you know mile too many miles on your body. And Tom Brady's got 22 NFL years on his body. He's got a, an ACL surgery, you know, in between there. Granted, a long time ago, but you know, he looks to be in great shape. You know, all those things, all of the above. But you know, it's he's, all he's, that uh, it's all that stretching. Yeah, right. And all that yoga and stuff like that. That that I it's guess all he's the jazzer The, the, the TB12. You know, him and Guerrero have got some some really cool things going. Apparently, you know, HGH but, steroids yeah, and size. We don't know. We don't know. You know, I'm just saying, like there there aren't many guys that are able to play at the top the top level. You know, of their respective sports for 20 years, 22 years. Like, when have we not seen a regression? We saw Kobe's body pretty much break down right around year 16. It's like, man, this is hard. Like, I can't keep doing it. We saw Dirk his body kind of break down right around, you know, year, year 18, year 17. It was like, yeah, bro, this is, this is getting, I mean, it's getting harder, but not Tom Brady. We saw this in football. The guy who retired this year, Ben Roethlisberger, the last three or four years, what he's like, he's like a shell of himself. But to be fair, and that's what I was going to say, to be fair, we saw Brady's never been a shell of himself. He's always been great, which is weird. You know what I mean? Like Ben Roethlisberger, like you said, Last four or five years, it's been rough to watch. Yeah, Philip Rivers at the end was hard to watch. It was rough to watch. Drew Brees you know? at the end was hard to watch. You know, and even Drew Brees would have these like incredible moments of like, oh my gosh, he's still, he's still Drew Brees. But then you'd see that arm, Peyton Manning, you know, at the arm with the with the wobbly footballs, like, ugh, that doesn't look good. We've never said that about Tom Brady. So no. again, he's my favorite player of all time. He and Randy Moss are my two favorite football players uh, ever, and um. It's just sustained excellence, man. I don't know how he did it or what's in the water or what's in the water bottle that's, you know, on the sideline for him. But 22 years is 22 years. And whether you're talking about working uh, in finance or in radio or in football, like that's a that's an amazing feat to to be that good at something and be in winning position. Uh, it's like being employee of the year almost every year. If you're not employee of the year, you were top two or three every single year of your, you know, that makes you great. You know what I mean? Like if you, so Tom Brady, if he is retired, that's crazy. Now Adam Schefter broke this. We really trust Adam Schefter's word, but he's been sketchy at points. There's been some, especially recently. There's been a little bit of, uh, he puts stuff out there. Not always with the best interest at heart. Absolutely. Because he's about networking and he, connections. And he's about, you know, there's something to be said about breaking that story. Whenever somebody talks about Tom Brady retiring, the first thing they said or one of the first things they say is Adam Schefter broke it or this story was broken by. So your name is instantly attached to this amazing story, you know, all the time, you know, no matter what the story is. So, I mean, but we've known over the past, like you said, past few years, been kind of shaky he's been kind of you know but he hasn't been wrong his his morals have been a little yeah so we don't know we don't know how he got it we don't know if somebody might have told him like i think there was something it's not just him though there multiple reporters had this so yeah we got it we got a text on the fan text line 503-250-1080 it was uh so my question is who within his circle or at tv 12 is getting fired for for this leak somebody gave this out somebody said that that he's retiring because He's retiring. He just doesn't want it to be known yet. I and, and the thing is, he's like you said, he's ninety. Like so, him retiring this year was like he really wants to get that senior citizen discount. Yeah, you know. And someone made a point that you know he's got five years until uh, he can be in the Hall of Fame. You know, but at, at fifty or before he's fifty, it's like yeah, that's a 
That's 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 that, rare. That's you know that's rare, and that's something that you know that would be the uh, the very Tom Brady thing uh, to do, you know, for him. So and this this text to another player who who was very obviously broken down was Griffey. Ken Griffey Jr. He went to Cincy, and it was it was different. Very quickly downhill from there. Absolutely, man. So I, re- I remember that. You know, living living here in the Northwest, like Ken Griffey was he was he's a god. You know, and he made people that didn't like baseball, kids like me. Like pay attention and want to and want to have the swing and the sway and the backwards hat and everything is like yeah man. I remember one time he think he I think he tattooed his logo or like he like put his I think it was like one of those stick on tattoos. But it was the, during the home run derby. He didn't have any sleeves. He did one of his you know logos or his logo with the with the swing mm. on his arms. Like man, that's dope. Ken Griffey's awesome. But then to see how the regression year by year by year, and then he eventually got traded to the Reds. It was like what. That's looked weird. It just looked weird to see him in that jersey, and then just to see how bad he was at that point. I I guess the way I'm going to put, I couldn't think of the right word for it, but I think I'm appreciative of the last few years, and it's because it made me like Tom Brady more. I didn't like Tom Brady, largely in part because he was great. You know, he's not your quarterback. Guys who win a lot, if it's not your team, you get sick of them. It's like. Okay, LeBron, we get it. You win every every Old two years. State, like yeah. we're tired of it. You know, you're a great athlete, but I don't I don't want to hear from you anymore. That's how I felt about Tom Brady for large swath of his career. And then he goes to Tampa, gets under away from being underneath Belichick's thumb and the organization of the Patriots, and all of a sudden he's like funny and charismatic and wasted after they won the Super Bowl and like clear like throwing the Lombardi trophy from boat to boat and it went from boy this guy is such a boring annoying person to watch to I think I like Tom Brady now and I don't think I can remember a switch as rapid as that from everyone hated Brady except for Patriots fans to now I feel like it's a little bit more split I feel like there's still people who don't like Brady because he's he wins and he's great and you know he's you know he's Tom terrific and all that kind of stuff. But if you've been following football the last few years, I I think you'd be hard pressed to find someone who didn't get an improved opinion of Brady when he went to Tampa. Oh yeah, I think it was, and especially after you see him leave the the evil empire and go and still win and still win at a high level, it's kind of like oh, okay. As far as him being funny and you know charismatic and stuff, that was stuff that. Kind of already knew, you know, as being a being a Patriots fan and really getting the practice clips and stuff in the, in the locker room and stuff like that. You know, if you follow a team on social media, you get a chance to see, you know, some of those little things. And always seeing like, man, this dude is funny and he's fun. And, you know, he's – and Bill Belichick he has, has a personality. has these moments where like, oh, that was, that was pretty – that was good. That was pretty funny, you know, but they don't show it all the time. And I think Tampa Tom gave him an opportunity to – Man, just chill. Enjoy the moment. Enjoy football. Understand that this doesn't happen all the time. So it's he's been he's been a lot of fun to watch. And if he is retired, then he's in rare air that I don't even know if you know Michael Jordan, Muhammad Ali. You know, uh, that's Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You know, there's certain guys that are just great and almost un, undeniably great at what they do like you it's really even even trying to argue that point with people is like yeah no there's there's not really joe montana nah, 
Like the now the conversation is almost like it was this way with wide receiver for the longest time. Who's the great greatest wide receiver of all time? Jerry Rice. The conversation is who's number two. Yeah. It's not who's number one. Who's number two is the conversation. Now that's the conversation with quarterback. Tom Brady, greatest quarterback of all time. Yep. Who's second? That's when we can really start. So all of a sudden those Michael Jordan, best of like who's after that? You know what I mean? So that's Tom Brady is in that conversation of the greatest of all time is Muhammad Ali. Anybody who saw it knows better, knows that he was he was that guy. You know, anybody else you can debate after that. So that's a hell of a legacy to have and understand, like, as great as LeBron is, that's not going to be his legacy when he's done. And he's going to have every single stat and award in the world. Well, my assumption is that Tom Brady's retiring and that he wants to make the announcement himself after the season, after the playoffs. And that's why we got what happened yesterday. Because even the TB12 account posted it and then deleted it. If that's happening, he is retiring. Yeah. He's um, so. And how how great of how gracious of him to not want to disrupt the playoffs. If that's really his thing, like, or, <laughs> or he just wants all the attention to himself. Yeah, I mean, like, or how douchey over, of him, how narcissistic that he wants all the attention to remember himself. Remember when Kobe said he wanted to be traded the night LeBron got drafted? No, I do not. <laughs> LeBron Melo get drafted and breaking news. Kobe Bryant wants to be traded from the Lakers. And that <laughs> stopped everything in the mm. draft that night. Interesting. I don't remember that at all. <laughs> so if it is the truth, farewell, Tom Brady. It will be very weird consuming football without you in it. Because honestly, for the amount of time that I've watched football, you've been in it for every year except for like two. When was this rookie year? 99. 99. Yeah. I started watching football in 98, 97. So my entire football viewing life has included the GOAT. And if that is true, boy, it's going to be weird. It's going to be be really weird not having Tom Brady out there. It's going to be weird. Leading a team into the playoffs and contending for a Super Bowl. I appreciate it, 12. Got us six of them. Reason to be a Patriots fan for as long as I was. It was dark before that. (laughs) You came and turned on all the lights. So we appreciate you, bud. Well, they also got rid of a great logo and uniform, though. So Yeah, they'll bring those back at some point. At some point. All right, coming up next, we do have some head coach hirings. Finally, the NFL's head coaching hiring process, the coaching carousel has been super slow, super slow this year. Maybe the slowest it's ever been. But we did get some news. Three teams have hired their new head coach. We'll get to that next. First, sports. Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 941 here on your Sunday morning. Mike and Rashad with you today. Joe is out. Just chatted about Tom Brady's retirement news, non-news that we think is still news. I just saw this from Bleacher Report in relation to Brady. It's a graphic they put out. Greatest athlete of all time. And it's got pictures of various athletes. Here is who was on the poster. Tom Brady. Okay. Michael Jordan. Yes. Muhammad Ali. It's three. Tiger Woods. Uh. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Tiger, of course. Serena Williams, Mike Phelps, Usain Bolt, Wayne Gretzky, Babe Ruth, Simone Biles, Cristiano Ronaldo, and Lionel Messi it are all on this graphic. Is that correct? Does that seem like the right choices? Is there way too much recency bias there? I don't want to say. Well, I mean, some of those athletes got a chance to do certain practice and have certain workouts and all type of stuff that just weren't available to a lot of guys before that right um there's certain dudes i i've I've got a real problem with babe ruth being on there now understandably the 
I understand the 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 legend of Babe Ruth and the you know the the relevancy I guess in the realm of baseball of Babe Ruth, but dude didn't play with a black dude or a Latino guy his entire career, and I get it, you know. But come on, man! Like there are so many great athletes that end up coming after Babe Ruth that were stealing base. And mind you, he did all those things, but he did them in nineteen two, nineteen thirties. But you um, know, so I it mean, it is. Well, it's tough when you say athlete, too. Like, Babe Ruth was a fat guy who could hit a baseball. Like, is he the greatest athlete of all time, or are they just picking? And that's what that list is, right? It says it's the, the thing of It says athletes, athletes yes. yeah. So, and that's I'd what... also laugh because Tom Brady's not the greatest athlete yeah, of which, all time. And you're, and you're the baseball guy. And I know you know more about Babe Ruth stats than, you know, than I ever could. Is he the best baseball player of all time? I'd say it's arguable. I'd say he's up there. I mean, yeah, I always hear the comparison that they didn't play against, you know, people of color, and and that's 100% true and certainly could have changed things. But what we have is how they did in the era that they played. And statistically, he is one of the greatest hitters well, of all time. If that's the case, then why isn't Kareem Abdul-Jabbar on that list? Sure. You know, and I'm, and you know what I mean? So if we're yeah. talking, you know, if we're talking that's like why that. I was, like, it's, it's not a perfect list. It, it's Mark more, Starr should be on that list. It's more like some of these make sense, right? It's more like who has been the greatest at their sport as opposed to the greatest athlete of all. Or, and if we're talking championships, then yes, I get why, you know, Babe Ruth would would be on there because sure. he's got quite a few of them, sure. right? So if you're talking championships, then that makes, you know, total, total sense. In, in reality, what this is is the person who is most likely to be called the greatest athlete in that sport, which is Tom Brady for the Bucks slash Patriots, Michael Jordan, Wayne Gretzky, obviously, I'd say that the most likely to be called the greatest baseball player is Babe Ruth, although it's arguable, obviously. You know, Ali, Tiger, Serena, you know, greatest. There's no Djokovic on there. There's no, like, uh, Nadal on there. So you could probably put them on there, too, if you want. Andre Agassi. I don't think so. (laughs) I I loved Andre Agassi, but he was not better than Federer, Nadal. He was not. I remember Federer giving him. Just just interesting that, uh, that that was sent to me. I was like, huh, that's uh it's an interesting thought to no, put those guys on. Yeah, there. and I, I, honestly, and I think most of the list is right. You know, I, I, it's weird for me as the non-baseball guy to argue Babe Ruth, you know, isn't, you know, but, you know. Your argument makes of, sense. I, I've heard it way more recently, and I, and it's made me think about it. Like, yeah, you know, if, if he played in the current generation, would he be as good? We don't know, right? I mean, think we of, have the, no way think to of know. the big guys that we know that did play, you know, baseball. You know, you've got the ones that we knew of uh, – well, I mean, the greatest hitter we've seen is Barry Bonds. Yeah, which is, don't even get me started. I'm your Hall of Fame. Oh, it's terrible. It's a joke. It's a joke. Yeah, it's like, a joke. David but, Ortiz in on the first ballot, but Barry Bonds can't make it. Yeah, so. It's a, it's a joke. But, you know, we, we'll we save that for Wednesday's yeah, show. Yeah, we yeah, talked I'll, about I'll that last Wednesday. Yeah. Don't worry. I ranted about it for 30 minutes. Um, you know, Barry Bonds is an amazing hitter. Is he a better hitter than Babe Ruth? Probably. I just I'm curious if Babe Ruth when he came, if if he was alive in this generation would he have done the same that's all. And I'm also curious of what a fastball how fast was a fastball in 1930. Not as you fast know? as it is now. And yeah, well and especially well even how fast was a fastball when Bonds was playing not as fast as it is now. Probably much faster than it is now if you're thinking about it no. you thinking about the era and you're thinking about you know what guys were it's doing? It's not the, though. People are throwing routinely like ninety nine now. 98. No, yeah, I, I get it. But I mean, if we're being honest, and everybody in the era was juicing, for the most part, like those fastballs were going a little bit faster than ninety nine at that point. 
Yeah, this text says no, no Federer, no, no Nadal, another no Kareem, no Bill Russell with all the titles. Yeah, yeah, it's like it's it's. They I picked mean, one basketball player. They picked Michael Jordan. Yeah, it makes and, sense. And, but, and so. again, it makes sense. Like there are certain guys that are like, I think they're like undeniable as far as like they are the greatest at what they've been able to do. You know, not our not our favorite, but the greatest. And so, yeah, Michael Jordan is undoubtedly, and I. I'm one of those LeBron guys that says, man, I think LeBron is a basketball player or is just better. However, he is six for six in the finals, regardless of who you played, you know, it was, that's, that's, that's not getting touched like that, you know, anymore. And so, yeah, I, I agree with all of them except for Babe Ruth. I mean, I don't know if I'm as far as men's tennis, well, we forget how good Pete Sampras was for a really, really long it, time. It should be Federer. You know, oh, or Federer, Nadal. Federer or Nadal. Is and you know what's funny? There's no more passing of the torch sport than tennis. Like, all those guys that were considered the best at that point, the next guy came in and put them down. And then the next guy. So Although the, right now in tennis, we're stuck in the same three because... That's how it is for a long time. Nadal for, won the Australian Open last night. Mm-hmm. So he's back, I guess. And then Federer's getting old. And then Djokovic is... Uh, you know, getting kicked out of Australia for not wearing a mask. So, you know, that's fun. Yeah, it was but fun. he's still great. And it's just, it's been so many years of those three now. It's kind of, I'm curious and, to see if we're going to see and that. that that's how it usually is. And men's tennis, I think, gets overlooked because women's tennis has been dominated by such an amazing athlete like Serena. You know, and even Venus for a long time was winning a whole lot of majors and stuff like that. But for the men's tennis, it went, I remember when Andre Agassi was the guy and the hair and everything. And then, Pete Sanford came in and said, no, you're corny. I'm beating you. And then um, then Andre Agassi shaved think, his hair. <laughs> yeah, right. And then here come uh, Roger Federer, and he was just beating the brakes off of Pete Sampras. And then here comes Rafael Nadal, and he's beating the brakes off of Roger Federer. It's like it just this constant like passing of the torch, which is pretty cool about tennis, in men's tennis at least. Anyway, so sorry for the distraction. That just came across my phone in no, the break no, there, and I wanted, to, to, talk wanted to look at it. So coaches have started to be hired. We'll begin in Denver where the coach hired – was hired, they're saying, because he's a good coach. I'm saying he was hired because they want Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams, and he's the likeliest chance to get them there. We'll get there next. This is Football Sunday on the Pan. Football Sunday with Mike and Rashad on 1080 The Fan. 952 here on your Sunday morning. Mike and Rashad with you. We're getting into the conference championship games coming up next hour. But... Want to get into the coaching hires that we've seen thus far. There have been three of them this last week. It's been the slowest coaching carousel that we've seen. And, you know, the the one that I have literally nothing to say about is the Bears hired Matt Eberflus, the defensive coordinator from the Colts. He has a funny sounding name. That's fun to say. That's all I've got. I, 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 I've got nothing on that one. Uh, you know, I've. <laughs> I'm Matt Eberflus. I have a lot of respect for guys that can tell you everything about um, guys, defensive coordinators and, you know, special teams coaches and things like that. Like to know intimate details about, you know, where they come from and all these things. Like I've, I've never heard of Matt Eberflus. I'm going to be honest. And (laughs) we probably won't be hearing much about Matt Eberflus, except for the fact that, you know, he'll probably be fired within a number of years because he is the coach of the Chi-Town. A little, a little weird to bring in a defensive guy when you got Justin Fields like, there and then not, he needs to grow. And, but. That's, and that's why I feel like you're the Bears. Like, defense isn't your issue. 
you know, like, mind you, it is. Don't get me wrong, you have a lot of issues. But being able to score the ball and being able to break in your your first-year quarterback or now second-year quarterback is a little more important. And so what do you do? How do you develop that young quarterback? Let's bring in a defensive-minded coach. Well, it, dep- you know, it depends on the OC that they bring in, too. So we'll see. We'll see what happens there. Uh, the Giants are hiring Brian Dable, the Bills' offensive coordinator. That seems like a great choice. He's been on the hot list the last two years since he's turned Josh Allen around and made him an MVP candidate, one of the top quarterbacks in the league in two years. Um, He was also tied to the Dolphins this week as well, but the Giants wound up jumping in and hiring him. That is being looked at as around the league as maybe one of the best hires the Giants could have potentially made, and they've been making a lot of mistakes with their hires recently, so good on them for that. I have no idea if Daniel Jones is the answer. They said they're going to try Daniel Jones one more time with the new head coach. They're not going to make any trades, and it's a terrible quarterback draft this year anyway. So sounds like uh, Brian Dable will get a chance to do what he did with Josh Allen with Daniel Jones. Who knows? Maybe it's possible. Daniel Jones is can use his legs. Not nowhere near as good as Josh Allen can, but you know we've seen him run the football. We saw him also trip over himself at the three-yard line a couple of years ago, which was really funny. Um, I think it was a great hire. I think he was Dable was one of the best names out there this year as a head coach candidate. So bravo to the Giants for getting him. I, I mean – the Giants are another team that need a lot of help, and it's going to be more than just what the head coach can provide. They need an offensive line. We're not still not sure on Saquon Barkley and you know what kind of player he's going to be. Uh, they're, I think, taking another shot on Daniel Jones is is bold, um, but I guess you want to see if this works. So, yeah, the Giants still have a, a big. They have a long uphill battle coming uh, for them, but hopefully, at some point, they can turn it around just because I like those jerseys if nothing else so I'd love for the Giants to be good so I could at least you know feel good about rocking a, a Giants jersey and then the big one was the Broncos hiring Packers offensive coordinator Nathaniel Hackett to be their head coach now this was worrisome to me because Hackett used to be the offensive coordinator at Syracuse and I hated him there now this was many years ago that's not to say that he has not improved greatly over the last many years. He went to Jacksonville um, with Doug Marone, who was he was with him in Syracuse as well. And he was part of the offense that helped Blake Bortles get to the AFC championship game. So I guess that's promising. And then supposedly Rodgers really liked him this year in Green Bay. So, you know, maybe it'll work out. But this is much less about Nathaniel Hackett and much more about the Broncos need a quarterback. Aaron Rodgers has mentioned them as a team he wants to go to. And, oh, if you get Aaron Rodgers, you know who else you're probably getting? Devontae Adams. And I think this is 35%. He's a decent coach opportunity or coaching uh, hire, maybe 45 50%. And I think it's the rest is let's go get Aaron Rodgers and let's go get Devontae Adams. I, I think that's kind of how it's, how it's going in Denver right now. I got to be real with you. I don't see Aaron Rodgers going back to the cold. If Denver were in, a, were in a, uh, a dome, maybe, but they're not. And I don't see Aaron Rodgers going from cold-ass Green Bay to cold-ass Denver. Uh, honestly, I think once he, he's, he's – I think he saw how much success Tom Brady had in Tampa in a warm place. And after you've been in the NFL for, what is this, year 14 for Aaron Rodgers? 15, something like that? Sure, yeah. Uh, yeah, somewhere around there. It's It's been a long time. Like, I'm, I'm thinking he's going to go somewhere warm somewhere that you know he can he can be a little more successful so i i'm 
I don't really think he's going to go. It, it would shock me, shock me if he ended up in Denver. Really? I, it, it really would. It's interesting. I feel like it's almost a foregone conclusion he's going to the Broncos at this point. Really? Yeah. It's. I mean, it was rumored last year. Do you remember uh, Mark Schlereth, the former Bronco who is now an analyst? Yeah. He went on Denver radio during the preseason and was like, Aaron Rodgers to Denver is a done deal. It's just a matter of when. And, you know, I'd take it with a grain of salt. People misreport things all the time or hear bad information all the time. But I think I think he wants to go to Denver. Also, uh, his girlfriend, fiance, whatever she is, is either from Colorado or lives in Colorado or something like that. So there's even more of a tie there. So and Rogers going to move for no lady. I don't, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Aaron man? Rogers. What, does, does he strike you as the type of dude? And let's be real move for to Denver. Let's be to real. He's his girlfriend, not his wife, but his girlfriend let's, or fiance. Anywhere is probably better than green Bay as well. In Absolutely. terms of whatever city you want to go to 100%. And, so, Denver, and let, don't get me wrong. If you've never been to Denver, Colorado, it's awesome. Cool town. Hard to breathe when you first get there, you know, but for the most part, Denver is a dope-ass city. You know, I like it a lot. However, I don't play football there in November, December, and January yeah, when it gets so really, really cold. It's not so bad. You know, so I just, I don't know. That's something to to think about. This, I don't, like I said, it's very seldom you see guys as they're older go to cold-weather towns, you know, to try to win. But if he feels like he can win with the Broncos, where do you think that puts the Broncos? If right now Aaron Rodgers goes to this team as currently constructed, where does that put the Denver Broncos? I think it puts them immediately into Super Bowl contention. Okay. I mean, they're in a really tough division. Imagine the quarterbacks in the AFC West if Rodgers goes there. You got Mahomes, Herbert, Rodgers, and Carr, and there's rumors that Russell Wilson may want to go to Vegas. Imagine if Russ Wilson goes to Vegas. That division is going to be insanely difficult to win. But the Broncos team is built really well. They just need a quarterback. They got a great defense. They got a good young running back. They have a ton of talent at wide receiver. You're probably trading Jerry Judy if you're getting Devontae Adams, by the way. But I think that's the price of doing business sometimes. I think they're going to try. If they did do that, they tried some try to find some way to keep them both. I don't think they could. No, I don't think they can either. But and they I'm just trying everything I can to make sure I can keep They both. just signed Sutton to a deal. They just signed Patrick to a deal. So they would have some semblance of elite wide receivers, a great quarterback, good running game, good offensive line, great defense. I think they'd be ready to go right away. Not Maybe not the favorite, but I think they'd be a contender for sure. And that's why they got Nathaniel Hackett. I think they think even if they don't get Rodgers, Hackett can be good. But they got Hackett in large part because he can help them get Aaron Rodgers. And I think that's the story Okay. of that hire. Okay. Well, you heard it here, folks. Aaron Rodgers is definitely going to the Broncos. <laughs> <laughs> Write it down. You heard it here. Am right I here. a Broncos fan? Yes. Does that make a difference? Maybe. Yeah, but uh, you know, we'll see. We'll and see what happens. Super Bowl twenty twenty three, uh, Denver Broncos per Mike Lynch will be in the Super Bowl. Well, they won it with Peyton Manning, right? Yeah. So why not do it this way? That's true. <laughs> All right, let's get Tower Two. Let's get into the games of the day. We got the AFC Championship game coming up here in two hours on CBS. We'll begin there. Chiefs, Bengals. Chiefs are big seven point favorites. What do the Bengals need to do? to stay in this game and potentially win. We'll get to that next. This is Football Sunday on The Fan.